All right, then, I guess we will get started. Thanks for joining, guys. I uh, hope you're all having a great holiday, even though the markets are getting wrecked. Hopefully, we've all had some rest and peace <laughs> during these holiday times. All right, so let's see. In which order should I do this? I guess I'll just uh, start answering the questions because they um, they do touch on the updates that I wanted to give anyways. So yeah, all right. So Wild Turkey Bill asks, are there any plans to get more Laifu into the hands of holders in the coming years or coming year? Yeah, so with our recent distribution of the new Laifu, is that what we're calling her by the way is laifu just the generic term for a waifu originating from lafinity or is the original one the laifu and then all these subsequent ones have different names i don't know up to you guys i guess <laughs> but uh yeah so i think one thing i noticed is when we distributed laifu number one i'll just call her that for now um, soon after our VEIDO, there was a lot of excitement around it. I was like pretty impressed by how much engagement that one generated. Um, and especially in comparison to this second Laifu that we distributed, which didn't generate nearly as much engagement <clears throat> or excitement. Like, there are definitely, like, still, you know, certain individuals who are like, this is great, um, love it, thank you, type of thing. Um, but the, the, just like the uh, overall amount of people responding to it was definitely less. So, my impression is that, um, like, the, the engagement that a Laifu will generate is basically correlated with the current overall market sentiment. So like if the market is doing like decently well, then it'll generate more engagement just because people are more active in the crypto world during that time. Whereas if we're in the depths of a bear market, then <clears throat> like you can distribute a life view, but it's not going to make much of a difference in terms of engagement. Which is unfortunate, you know, it would be really great if, um, like, distributing a Laifu generated, like, a lot of extra additional engagement, um, and, like, it would, like, bring new people in, um, grab attention from people who don't know about Lefinity yet. Um, it seems to me that that's not really the case. Um, I could be wrong where, like, people are actually taking note, but just, like, not saying anything. But because it wasn't like that um, the first time we did it, my guess is, like, probably not. And for that reason, it feels like it's not as worth doing these things during a bear market. Because, like, people just don't care as much. Um, and also, like, during bear markets, people are more concerned about like they become even more concerned about 
um, basically making money. Like they want to get out of whatever hole they're in. And so, <laughs> like there's definitely more cynicism. Like people are like, uh, is this is this waifu worth anything? What's its utility? I mean, like there was that same question for the first drop as well, but like definitely more of it <laughs> during this second round. Um, so in terms of plans, no, we don't have any plans currently to distribute more, but yeah, like if we were to do more, it would probably be doing, it would probably be during, um, a new bull market where, um, people are more engaged and would be more excited about the prospect of receiving a waifu. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it currently. All right, next question. Also from Wild Turkey Bill, what would you like to see Lefinity accomplish during 2023? Yeah, so a lot of what I would like to see accomplished is related to V2. I think I've kind of um, talked about this already in the past. So I mean, I, I, I could like say the same things, I guess, but uh, you probably have a basic idea of what I'm looking forward to, um, expanding more pools, and especially new pools where we can borrow assets and then market make for them without having to have price exposure. Um, as it stands, we're still like testing V2. Um, V2 works very differently from V1, so um, it does need a lot of testing. But yeah, that's one thing. And then there's another thing that we are working on that we haven't talked about yet which I've mentioned before um, and still not able to talk about it. But so that's something I'm also looking forward to. Um, sorry for being cryptic. I'm not like, <laughs> I, I don't really want to be, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's not giving much of an answer and <laughs> I'm so cryptic, but yeah. Uh, you'll know when when you know, I guess. Um, let's see, anything else? I think uh, flares have been making good progress. Um, just like constantly expanding its operations. Um, providing liquidity for borrowing against flares, for trading flares. Um, what else have we done? <laughs> like it's probably a good sign when it's like there's like we're doing so much stuff that it's hard for to keep track of um well yeah good in one sense <laughs> um yeah so that's been really great where like people have made various um proposals and they've been enacted um and there's still like a bunch of proposals that we haven't uh really acted on like uh like the flare sales bot um like some progress was made but then the guy who was making it seems to have stalled out for whatever reason so yeah i hope to see more of that um stuff get built out um yeah and then the buyback bot um, actually, yeah, you have this question later, but I'll just answer it 
now since it's I'm on this topic. So, oh man, it's such a tricky thing. So here's the thing. We've tried many things to get this buyback bot to work. <clears throat> As it turns out, the issue isn't the API. The issue is Magic Eden. And Magic Eden has many countermeasures against bots. And we don't know how exactly they're detecting that a bot is a bot. Um, but we are being detected as a bot and being prevented from making purchases. That's why I've had so much trouble. Um, and despite like trying many things, um, they've all had limited to no success in countering this. Um, we've tried directly using the hyperspace API. We've also tried making purchases through the UI. So a bot that interacts with the UI directly, not through the API, but that has a Google captcha, which bots can't pass. So that doesn't work. Um, it could be because they're detecting that we're running the bot from the cloud and uh, just assuming anything running on a cloud is well, a bot. Well, yeah, it, that, that would be a bot. Um, so if they, if they are able to detect that, then <clears throat> yeah, that's a problem. Um, so one thing, the last thing we want to try is running our bot from our local PC instead of the cloud. Of course, the downside of running on your local PC is that like, you have to keep your computer on at all times, or your bot will only run while your computer is on one of those. Um, and this is like not a huge deal. Like it's not, it wouldn't be a huge negative for us. Like say, say we even like turned our computer off every night. This still wouldn't be a huge deal because the frequency of our buybacks isn't like high frequency. So, um, yeah, not, it's not like we would miss much. Um, like we can still make say like two purchases a day and that would be fine. But yeah, still not sure if like Magic Eden would detect that we're a bot and yeah. Yeah, it's unclear like what exactly they're trying to stop. Cause like, I mean, they have an API Anything that uses the API is a bot, right? <laughs> um, so it's like, which types of uses of the API are they blocking? I don't know. I think the reason they're trying to be strict is because they got rid of royalties. And when you have no royalties, uh, wash trading can run amok. So they're probably trying to counter wash trading by this. Um, but yeah, it's not working great in our case. Cause like, I mean, there's nothing negative about the buybacks we're doing. <laughs> so yeah, I guess one final thing we might be able to do is like contact them directly and say, Hey, you're blocking us. Um, can you make an exception for our address specifically? Cause we're just doing buybacks, not loss trading. Um, but yeah, so that's why we've had a lot of issues. And uh, by the way, 
using Tensor's API wouldn't solve this issue either because it's not the hyperspace API that's the problem. It's the Magic Eden blocking trades, which would you know happen on Tensor as well. But yeah, so if everything ends up not working out, um, I guess there's two options. One is we do buybacks manually, which would kind of suck. <laughs> and the other would be to um, just limit ourselves to like NFT AMMs, which is also like not great because um, like if Magic Eden has the lowest price, uh, missing those would be unfortunate. Yeah, so no perfect solution that we can see at the moment, but those are the issues we've been trying to deal with. <laughs> I know like everyone is anxious to see more buybacks because we have so much soul in the buyback wallet. Um, yeah, so it's kind of unfortunate that it's just sitting there. I mean, the whole point of like building it up over um, that six week period, where we used all the revenue for uh, directed it to buybacks and not half of it to reinvestment into the pools. Whole purpose was to like accelerate buybacks for a short period. <laughs> and it's like not happening yet. But yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that gives the context for why we've been having so much trouble. <laughs> All right, where was I? Okay, moving back to wild turkey bills questions. Let's see. Yeah, so the next one is thoughts on v2. The numbers look great. Yeah, so v2, it's really interesting. Like I said earlier, it's it works very differently from v1. Um, in particular, it doesn't do very well when there's low volatility. Um, like V1 works the same in that like it it does better when there's more volatility compared to less volatility but V2 that effect is magnified so it does even better when there's more volatility but probably not as good as V1 when there's less volatility at least that's my understanding of it right now and yeah, I think, I mean, like the, the time that it's been live is still short and my understanding isn't perfect, <laughs> but yeah. So that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Like for example, the past 24 hours have been interesting where like there's some insane volatility and V2 just made bank. <laughs> Um, and like, yeah, V1 did well as well, but like not nearly as much. And then like for the past week before the past 24 hours, like there was very little volatility, if I remember correctly. It was just like a gradual decline in soul price. And during that time, um, V2 was doing slightly worse than V1, I think. I mean, like it has more volume, the APR is higher, but I'm like, 
when you normalize those numbers and look at like the market making profit and the uh the fees generated then yeah like relatively v1 does um like less that less bad than v2 during those very low volatility low volume periods um so yeah it's like a really complex picture <laughs> um but yeah uh bottom line is like we're still testing um we're adjusting parameters and like we need to see different parameters work in various market conditions to have like the necessary data to be able to accurately draw conclusions so yeah but so far overall i would say it's looking good um yeah all right next question what are you and the team most looking forward to in the next three months i feel like i kind of already answered this <laughs> um it's a, a a nuanced difference between the last question of what do you want to see lifinda accomplish in the next year um Uh, if you mean, uh, does, does this like, is this limited to just within the Lifinity ecosystem or is this like more the Solana ecosystem at large? Cause if that's what you mean, I could mention some things, but yeah, otherwise I think I, I've talked about, um, yeah, the things I'm looking forward to. Uh, then while Turkey Bill asked a question about the flare buyback bot so and yeah i've already talked about that all right so next goose green asks where are we at with merchandise yeah so unfortunately with the uh, previous vendor we were working with the ormas i think was what they were called we had everything right we had the designs down and which items we wanted them on so i sent it all over to them and then the guy um has literally just stopped responding to me bear market quitters i guess so like that has ended which uh, is unfortunate and then uh, some other people mentioned some people i could reach out to so helio and then another one which i forgot uh what their name was but yeah i think i've reached out to two places and i'm waiting for their responses but yeah, that was like within the last week or so. And like, like literally everyone is very unresponsive <laughs> during this, uh, these, uh, holiday seasons. So, um, yeah, nothing concrete has transpired in terms of merchandise yet, but I have some leads, so working on it and, uh, yeah, waiting for the responses. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wild Turkey Bill says, sorry, I can't listen live still with family for the holidays. Appreciate the opportunity to ask a couple questions though. Much love to you and the team. Thanks, man. Um, good to have you with us as always. Um, I guess, uh, I'll just go ahead and answer that previous question that I didn't answer about what I'm looking forward to in the next three months. 
Um, assuming you meant also including anything in the Solana ecosystem. So yeah, some things I'm looking forward to. One is uh, Fire Dancer, which is the second validator client that's being built by Jump Crypto. Um, this will improve the performance of Solana by like tenfold. Um, and it's also add, makes the the network more robust by having multiple validators implemented in different languages so that if there's like a catastrophic failure in one, um, people can just switch to the other and the network won't like turn off even if there's a failure because uh, say like, well, yeah, it depends, but like say half people are using the original validator client and the other half are using this new one then uh, if one of them fails, then the other 50% are still uh, making sure the network is running while the whatever bug there is in the other one gets fixed. Um, yeah, so 10x improvement, though, in like the uh, capacity of the, net for the network is uh, awesome. Um, <laughs> kind of funny because like right now, I mean, uh, Solana isn't even at capacity in terms of like the transactions it would be able to process. Um, blocks aren't full, essentially. But yeah, it's good to be like prepared for the next wave of adoption, which I think Solana is well poised to capture. Um, yeah, so that's one thing. What else? Uh, I don't know the timeline for the Saga phone, but yeah, obviously that's like going to be a huge step forward for adoption as well. Um, so yeah, excited about that as well. Uh, probably some other things that I'm not thinking of this instant, but yeah. All right. Uh... <clears throat> Let me move on to the next question from Hassan. Overall, what benefit would locking have over staking? Just in an explain like I'm five way. Yeah, sure. So um, the main difference between locking and staking is that with locking, you get your tokens up front instead of gradually over time like you do with staking. Um, so basically, locking is a bet that the tokens you get now, and they're going to be locked tokens, by the way, locked Lefinity tokens, so VE Lefinity. Um, you're going to get them up front, which means uh, you can start earning protocol revenue from those tokens earlier than if you are staking. And then every so often you withdraw the Lefinity tokens you receive and then lock them. So you get more protocol revenue, but what you get less of is the tokens. So if you stake, um, the amount you get from locking is basically um, fixed. It's a, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it simple, but yeah, basically it's fixed. And then staking, it's variable depending on how many people are staked, locked, or like not staking at all. Um, and right now, like you get like a pretty big boost to the number of Lefinity tokens you get from staking. Um, about like 60% more 
than if every holder was locking or staking. So there's just like a ton of people who are doing neither. Um, so the boost that staking gets is quite large right now. Um, so yeah, I think there's pretty much a consensus that like uh, staking is more advantageous right now. Um, yeah, I hope that's clear. Let me know if uh, you have any follow-up questions, but... All right, Cryptic asks, is there a BB, is that bulletin board for the Lefinity token? If so, what frequency is it done? No, it's not bulletin board. Uh, what is it? Buyback? Oh. <laughs> uh, e oh, you got your question answered. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, assuming it's it means buyback. Uh, yes, there is a buyback for Lefinity token. We have a bot that does that, just like... Um, our flares and uh, it's done on open book actually no for lefinity token uh, it's on our decks um so yeah we just uh buy tokens from our decks at um the times are randomized but it's it's like approximately you know once every hour ish um and you can like uh you can see these purchases being made on, for example, birdeye.so, they show, yeah, all the purchases being made for a given token. So, like, if you go there, you can see, uh, let me just go there. Yeah, so there's this address, starts with 4, capital G, capital J, small case E. That one is our buyback bot. So, yeah, you can see it making a bunch of uh, Lefinity purchases. Or if uh, X Lefinity is sufficiently discounted on OpenBook, then it will instead buy back uh, X Lefinity. But yeah, yeah. Hope that's clear. Uh, let's see. The end of the questions for now. Was there anything? else I was looking to talk about. Yeah, I guess I'll just uh, mention a few more things about V2. So one thing we've noticed is that um, the ARBs, the ARB trades have stopped, at least partially, uh, which is weird because like ARBs are profitable regardless of a, bar, a market is a bull market or a bear market. Like, ARBs are atomically profitable, right? It's like you buy soul on one DEX and sell it on another in a single transaction. And you make a profit in that transaction. Like, you're not taking on any price risk or anything. So it doesn't matter what the price of assets are. You can still make money from ARBing. But those have um, seemed to partially stop. So people... It, People haven't been doing them as much. And this is unfortunate for us because um, a lot of our volume comes from ARB bots. And we, especially for V2, we do well by rebalancing quickly. And so when there's like too much lag to the rebalancing, it can turn out badly for us. So yeah, we're thinking of doing two things. One is running our own 
are bought to make up for um yeah whoever whoever has stopped um and actually i think we have an advantage in terms of uh like uh being able to include our transactions quicker because we can see what price we're going to offer in the next slot because we have um, access to our our price curve, which is not public. Um, so uh, so yeah, so like looking at the Oracle price in the current slot, we can see like what price we're going to offer in the next slot, which other people can't do. So we can inc like create transactions for that next slot, even though we're in the previous slot type of thing. That makes sense. Anyways, yeah, we're thinking of running our own ARB bot. And then also, we're also considering um, doing a type of forced rebalancing, which basically means normally when we rebalance, it's other people initiating trades. Um, basically, like other ARB bots will um, find a profitable trade and then trade against us, and that will rebalance our pool. But like I said, like those have partially disappeared. And so, with forced rebalancing, it would be separate from our ARB bot. It's basically like executing a trade just for the purpose of um, rebalancing the pool, um, initiating that trade ourselves. Ideally, we could do this like against our V1 pool, so like V2 and V1 rebalancing each other, but that's probably not going to happen because the balance of each of those pools is highly correlated to each other because they're priced the same way, right? Um, well, not, not the same way, but like uh, they both rely on the Oracle price. That's like their starting point for both. <laughs> so like if uh, V1 tends to have more soul, V2 will also tend to have more soul. Oops, excuse me. Uh, give me a second, I'll be right back. Oof. All right, I'm back. Um, yeah, but I think I explained everything I wanted to about, yeah, the V2 stuff. All right, so next question, we have JCX04 asking, any new pool the team is looking to add? Yeah, not at the moment. Um, so, I mean, this is like a really frequent question. Um, this and like questions about opening a pool for like a specific token. Um, so yeah, just to reiterate, two things we need. One is that a token trades, actually three things. One is that a token trades on a centralized exchange. Second, uh, the token needs a pith price oracle. And third, the token needs to have sufficient volume to make it worth it. Um, and uh, yeah, especially like in a bear market, it's uh, hard to find all three of these things coming together. Um, 
Yeah, and Pith hasn't really been adding um, price oracles for new tokens. So just to give an example of like some that people have mentioned recently, one is like a MNDE, Marinades token. And uh, yeah, the reason that's difficult, so that has a Pith oracle and it's traded on centralized exchanges. But the problem with that one is that it has low volume. Um, so it's probably not worth it. Uh, another suggestion people made recently was Bonk. Because Bonk is uh, making waves, apparently. <laughs> um, the problem with that one is that it doesn't have a Pith Oracle. And it's probably not on centralized exchanges yet, as far as I know. So we would have no advantage in uh, trading it. Because like we're just trading at the same price as on other DEXs. Yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, so th that's what it makes it difficult to add new pools. Like right now, we're basically focused on V2, and like once we get further with testing, we can expand that to uh, more of our pools. Like our existing pools can be migrated to V2. Um. And yeah, and then also like with some of our pools that we're currently not market making for with protocol owned liquidity, uh, we could do that with V2 by borrowing the asset. Um, so that'd be like Ray or GMT, for example. So yeah, those are some things we're thinking about. Um, there is actually, yeah, there is one pool that we've uh, had in the back of our mind for a while, which is Soul ETH. That pool is probably viable. So yeah, we will be looking to add that after um, we're like settled with V2. All right. All right, Introvert Monkey asks, I'm trying to understand how the revenue is withdrawn every month. Is it like we simply calculate the difference of the amount of asset in the pool between the start and the end of the month, to be accurate, the 25th, and withdraw the difference? This seems a bit simplified to me because starting from this month, we only have USDC as rewards, while the difference should be a pair of assets for each pool. Yeah, so... Um, my understanding is that fees actually accrue in a different... Uh, address protocol fees that is so um it's like i don't think you even need to calculate the difference like the the revenue is like in a different address essentially so you basically just like withdraw those assets um but yeah i'm not like 100 percent sure about that having not coded the dex <laughs> but i think like that's standard indexes where like the uh the fees accrue in a different account um and the fees accrue as lp tokens right so it's just like uh, these lp tokens are accruing in a different account but then the pooled assets that doesn't change like that's a single address and the lp tokens are just like claims 
on a certain share of the pooled assets. <clears throat> uh, okay, let me get uh, read your question again, see if I got everything. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so with V2, now the rewards are all in the USDC. <clears throat> um, let's see. I, I don't think that makes a difference to the thing I just explained. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, the previous explanation is basically the answer. Uh, and then you follow up, sounds pretty clear and reasonable. What about the market making profit? Yeah, so market making profit does not accrue in a separate account. So that you do have to like manually keep track of, okay, what's our starting point? Um, and then uh, how much have we generated in terms of market making profit? I mean, like we already track that in our pools interface so you can see it and like we can use that essentially to calculate how much market making profit we have but yeah that does not accrue in like a separate fee address so you would have to withdraw that and so if you withdraw that you're saying okay we know that this much of the value of the pool uh, comes from market making profit um, as we calculate in the user interface and so we can withdraw this much and still have the original um, amount of assets that we had. Um, so yeah, that's how it would work with market making profit. In practice, we've only done that once um, right before the VEIDO for flares in particular. We haven't done it for um, the uh, like VE Lafinity portion of the protocol on liquidity. But yeah, if we, um, I'm not sure if it's positive on net right now, it's probably not. So yeah, if and when that does go positive, then yeah, that's what we will be doing to calculate how much to withdraw. Um, they follow up. So for now, we're only distributing fees monthly. Um, not sure what you mean by distributing. I mean, because I'm sure you know that like we we uh, distribute the protocol revenue monthly. Um, so I'm not sure what you mean. I mean, no market making profit is distributed to VE holders. Yeah, that's correct. No market making profit. Yeah. Yeah, because like take V1, for example, its market making profit has been negative for a while now. Even though the pool is has a positive APR on net, like the trading fees are greater than the um, the impermanent loss that it's experiencing. Um, yeah, the there is impermanent loss. Um, it is mitigated, of course. Like compare it to like what the impermanent loss you would have 
on a concentrated liquidity market maker, um, you would definitely have more <laughs> than that. Like our impermanent loss is comparable to an unleveraged concentrated liquidity market maker, or in other words, an unconcentrated liquidity market maker, which in other words is a constant product market maker. <laughs> um, so like our impermanent loss is basically comparable to that, which like, um, I'm not sure if people understand, but like even that is like pretty amazing because we do concentrate liquidity, like a concentrated liquidity market maker, and yet our impermanent loss is only as much as an unconcentrated market maker. <laughs> um, but yeah. And uh, I think we've talked about this before, like where the, it was an easier market back in like the first, especially like the first three months of this year. Um, market making profit was like easily positive. Kind of had to do with how aggressive arbitragers were. Um, yeah. And then that easy market environment seems to seemed to have dissipated. Um, yeah, which which has made us start um, building V2. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Let me check. Oh, we have some people on Twitter. Nice. Good to have you guys. Um, if someone on Twitter has a question, I can bring you on stage. Um, just so everyone knows, we always do these on both Discord and Twitter. And we record them so you can um, listen or watch later. Uh, if you're on Discord, you can see the questions that people are typing. So that would be my, the one I recommend you join on. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty quiet AMA <laughs> compared to usual. People taking time off, I guess. Uh, let's see. Well, no more questions. Um, what to talk about, if anything? Uh, if people have no more questions, I think I'll just call it. I see introvert monkey typing, so... I'll wait to see what that is. But uh, yeah, impermanent losses, it's hard to avoid overall, especially when, you know, price goes from like down over 90%. It's just really tough to market make without impermanent loss. Uh, even professional market makers probably like not possible to do that essentially. Uh, so the question is, could you reveal a time when the secret project can be revealed? I actually can't. I uh, 
there is no timeline for that at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't even really want to be talking about it. I'm not like trying to create hype or anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, there there is this thing we're working on. Um, and I think uh, when we announce it, it'll make a lot of sense. Um, I guess one thing I can say, it's related to V2, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, JC asks, how are you guys holding on this market? How is the team? Um, do you mean like psychologically? How are we doing? Um, I think we're doing fine. Um, I, uh, I mean, I can't speak for the other team members. Um, <laughs> like usually when we talk, it's like, uh, it's all business, you might say. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, I mean, it has been like a relatively depressing couple of months, um, it's certainly not fun, but, uh, I mean, I, I always talk about these things, but like, I'm op optimistic about the future of Solana and of Lefinity. Uh, that hasn't changed. Um, I haven't been as in high of spirits as I may have been <laughs> in like months prior, but um yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's much of an answer i'm kind of like meh but uh yeah i'm not like super down or anything uh wm asks hope you guys aren't going multi-chain soon yeah so <laughs> and you give the uh the uh straight eyes straight mouth face just like straight lines for both like unamused is that the the title of this emoji <laughs> but um uh perhaps unlike you there have been plenty of community members who have been excited <laughs> about the prospect of going multi-chain and it's something i've talked about uh quite a few times i think um, because going multi-chain is no small endeavor. Uh, it's probably like one of the most um, labor-intensive things we could do. Uh, it, it also depends like where you're deploying and how. So like uh, we've talked about, like we're in talks with Nitro, which is a, like, uh, they call themselves a layer two for Solana. I feel like that's kind of a misnomer. <laughs> But uh, basically, like, you can take your code on Solana and then run it without any changes on, uh, let's see, I always get this wrong, Sui or Say, the one that's building on Cosmos, or it's a Cosmos chain. Oops, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, so, like, that one would be relatively easy because we don't need to rewrite 
the our code from scratch in a different language. <clears throat> um, but like, for example, if we were going to deploy on a Ethereum L2, we would have to rewrite everything in uh, Solidity. And uh, yeah. And then also like it would probably be slower, the block times. So we'd have to like rethink our logic, our market making logic to make sure that uh, we can be profitable and not get like front run because of these slow block times. Um, and also, yeah, another thing is like, uh, so Pith, some of you may have seen their, their posts about going cross chain. And uh, Pith is going to work differently on other chains. So on Solana, they just publish a price update every slot, uh, which is really convenient for us. On other chains, basically, it, it's going to be poll-based. So that means we make a request for them to publish a price update, and then they'll publish it. So they're not publishing every slot. It's only as often as we request it. Um, the, the main drawback of that method for us is that it, it makes the updates a lot slower. Um, like if they update every slot, we can just use the price in that current slot. But if someone say initiates a trade with us on Ethereum L2, and then, um, uh, if that happens, then we need to um, ask for a price update, wait for the price update, and then execute the trade. And that whole process can take a lot of time. So it increases latency. That means we need to widen our spreads so that we don't get front run or um, have toxic flow um, from bad ARBs, basically. And uh, yeah, it's it's like not clear how feasible that is, or like how much of our competitive pricing that would eat into. So yeah, all that to say, <laughs> going multi-chain is uh, highly complex, or it can be at least. Um, it is something we are, we have an open mind about. Um, like, uh, if we can, I mean, you know, bottom line is like, if we can capture a lot of volume on another chain, uh, and um, increase our revenue that way. Like, like, why wouldn't we do that? Um, yeah, but it's a complex calculus to determine whether that's true or not. And part of it, you can't even know until you actually build it out. So, yeah, we have we have no um, like fixed plans about what we want to do regarding that. Um, but yeah, it's something we are definitely thinking about. Uh, recently, we um, we talked with Aptos about a grant to build Lifinity on them. Not sure if that will pan out. Um, but yeah, that's another option. Um... Aptos is fast. It does have that, or at least that's my understanding. <laughs> um, their tokenomics were relatively disappointing, I think. And that matters because, you know, 
if you have good tokenomics that attracts more people to trade on your L1, which, you know, means more volume, which would be important for us. Um, but yeah. Uh, WM says, it's safe to say Lefinity's product works because of Solana's technology. Yeah, definitely a huge part. Like the the cheapness of the transactions, I guess that's not super relevant to us, but the the quick block times in particular is very important for us. <laughs> yeah, so true. Oh yeah, I guess, and also the the cheapness can matter for aggregators. Um, I think. Okay, am I wrong about that? Because like uh, on Ethereum, I feel like aggregator adoption is kind of limited, at least like compared to Solana, where like Jupiter is uh, like much more used than aggregators on Ethereum. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but uh, that's my impression. Yeah. Yeah, Solana's great. <laughs> All right, well, anyone else got any more questions? Uh, Twitter as well. Um, I can bring you on stage if you do. I'll just wait a little more. See if anyone has anything. All right, well, I guess I will call it then. Uh, I just want to say thanks to everyone um, for going on this journey with us. It's basically been a year since uh, our our like our community really started to take form through flares. Um, it's been a wild year. <laughs> so many ups and downs. Um, but yeah, really grateful to have you with us along for the ride. Uh, actually, I see another question, so I'm just going to answer that. Uh, WM asks, is there a way for Lefinity to get an official shout out from the core Solana team? <clears throat> I guess that could be a big boost this bear market. Yeah, well, recently we... So I made like this tweet about um, the capital efficiency of our V2. Because it was kind of insane. <laughs> and uh, Anatoly and... Uh, uh, shoot, what's his face? Austin Federa. Um, they retweeted it. And then Anatoly, at least, also retweeted our announcement of our V2 article. So, yeah, that was great. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it would be great to get more shout outs from them because 
like you you definitely do see them giving more shout outs to certain protocols <laughs> um i think part of that may be due to the fact that they're probably partial to protocols that are open source and we are not open source um so that might give them some hesitancy that's just a guess on my part um but yeah um they they have given us attention um occasionally in the past like this wasn't the first time i i remember anatoly retweeted or something yeah probably retweeted something before but uh i don't remember what it was might be in our highlights section of our our highlights channel in our discord but um yeah i mean i'm not gonna like message them and be like hey can you please retweet <laughs> um i think it just has to happen organically basically like that one time like somehow anatoly saw my tweet and uh his mind was blown <laughs> according to his retweet emojis <clears throat> um yeah, I mean, he, I think he likes capital efficiency, right? Like, he's like, he wants to do NASDAQ at the speed of light on blockchain. So, like, things like capital efficiency, I think he really likes. Um, things like uh, revenue, he probably cares less about. <laughs> this is my impression. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, and they say follow up maybe share something about how Lefinity is doing marketing this period uh we're not really doing marketing per se like for example the tweet i made i made uh you could consider that marketing i think those are more impactful long run um like so th some things we could be doing that we're not doing that i don't think really we should be doing or like, for example, paying influencers to make YouTube videos or to make a tweet about us. I think the impact of those is short-lasted and um, not as powerful because people know those are paid for. And that will definitely skew their interpretation of what they see. Um, Whereas, like, you know, Anatoly retweeting that tweet, it's like, they know he wasn't paid to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. And the other thing is, like, we're in a bear market, so the impact per dollar of any marketing thing we do is going to be less than in, like, a bull market. Um... And I guess a final factor is, like, uh, I guess, what would the purpose of our marketing be exactly? So, for example, with, like, Orca, just take a random example. Like, Orca or another Dex, they want more people to deposit on their platform. They want as much as possible, just tons of deposits. And with Lefinity, it's not like that, right? uh we basically have all the deposits we need for our major pools um and we have liquidity we have more liquidity that we could deploy 
Um, like we could use more liquidity for external liquidity for like Ray USDC or like GMT USDC. But um, <clears throat> like those aren't going to have a huge effect on our bottom line anyways. So yeah, so so basically it wouldn't, our mar marketing wouldn't be for the purpose of attracting liquidity. Um, the main other reasons I can think of is like one is for like just increasing awareness, which is good. But basically like, yeah, if you're increasing awareness, probably the um, purpose that you have behind that is to increase the value of your token. Or in other words, to get more people to buy your token. And I think there is a time and a place for that, but I don't think now is like an awesome time for that. Um, because yeah, the whole like bear market thing I was talking about earlier, where it's like not gonna be as effective for one. And then two, um, we are relatively unique in that we do buybacks. And if you're doing buybacks, like some, some of you are familiar with this logic from flares, like basically you're okay either way, token price up, token price down, or flare price up, flare price down. They, they, they both have their um, like uh, positive and negative aspects. So if token price is down, that means every dollar we use for buybacks gets more tokens. So we're, we're able to do buybacks more cheaply, uh, which is nice. And if the token price is up, that means uh, that's a greater opportunity for you as a token holder to take profit. Um, and yeah, the logic is basically similar with flares. So like, we're not like desperate to raise our token price. Um, and yeah, in my mind, at least, like if we're doing marketing, that's like the main thing we would be going after, I guess. Um, what we really want is for more people to use Jupiter, <laughs> right? Cause that's what gets us volume. Like to me, like that is the most important thing, um, that will really help us in the long term. I think that will happen naturally as you know people get educated and just realize oh I can get better prices on Jupiter. Um but yeah, not sure that like marketing can really help with that. So yeah, that's kind of my thinking around marketing. Hope that makes sense. And uh, yeah, I think it's nice that we can say like that we really are like our community really is organically grown. <clears throat> um, that we haven't done any like paid advertising, which uh, you know probably the other major dexes on Solana cannot say the same. Um, I don't know, but maybe people don't care about that. <laughs> I think it does say something about us, something good about us. But yeah, maybe one day we will. 
if the time is right. Um, yeah. Um, I can tell you that we get endless requests to partner for marketing in our DMs, Twitter DMs. <laughs> like at least one per day. Like, hey, I'm YouTube influencer. I'm an artist. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bear market things, I guess. Anyways, um, yeah, it looks like the uh, the questions have been quenched. So I'll call it that for today. Um, yeah, like I was saying earlier, um, thanks for supporting us and sticking with us for this wild ride. And uh, wish you guys a happy new year. And uh, looking forward to another year with you all. Um, yeah. So until next time. Peace.